born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So turn in your Bible to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 13. Chapter 13. This is an interesting portion of Scripture because we've already seen that the, you know, the first seven chapters deals with the, the Jewish church, if you want to call it that, Jewish believers. And then there's the next five chapters dealt with the transition period in the church and some of the persecution that went on. And then in the next 16 chapters, it deals with the Gentiles. And so in the first part of the book, you have the Apostle Peter with the Jerusalem church. Now we're going to deal with the Apostle Paul concerning the Gentiles. doesn't mean he forgets about the Jews, just that the Gentiles become the thrust of his ministry. Now, before we start into chapter 13, look at the last verse of the previous chapter, chapter 12, where it says in verse 25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, John is the Hebrew name, and... Well, Mark is the Gentile name, the Roman name. And so he was the nephew of Barnabas. And they both came from the island of Cyprus. So you have some connection here. And there was special interest of Barnabas with John Mark. Evidently, John Mark was a little younger. And there was a problem that developed because of John Mark. Evidently, he wanted to go on the missionary journey. And he's like a lot of people that, man, I want to do something for the Lord. I want to go somewhere. And to go with the great apostle Paul and Barnabas, you know. Well, everything started off pretty good. Uh, But there was a problem. See there in verse 13 of chapter 13? 13, verse 13. Now, when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, that statement doesn't seem to say too much, just that John, Mark, returned to Jerusalem. Uh, But it was evident that there was a problem, a serious problem. Uh, Look there in the book of Acts in chapter 15. 
Acts in chapter 15. And you'll uh, notice there in chapter 15. Uh, look in verse 36. And he's talking about John Mark. You see, there was these older men and there was this younger fellow. But in verse 36, some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Nothing wrong with that. You know, going on a missionary journey. See, that first missionary journey could have been up to four, you know, 12, 1,400 miles. And it could have taken you know, up a couple years. Uh, when I look back over my life and I can say, you know, I went to Florida Bible College and then I went in Indian camps and I can mention Oklahoma and Arizona, Iowa and Minnesota. I did that in a couple months. Look how many miles I went. But of course, we went by car. Uh, they either rode, the, you know, the boat or walked. And then I've been to Hawaii I've been to Alaska, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Canada, I've been to Egypt several times, I've been to India, I've been to, you know, Israel five or six times. So, you know, and we put all together, but it took me 40 years. But whenever you read the scriptures and it says that they went here and they went here, we don't have a clue, the time in there that it took them to do all that they did. Even when they finally got to the island of Cyprus and they went to Paphos, which was on the other end of, oh, I should say, if you're looking at the island of, of Cyprus, all the way through it. So they had to go from one end, there was a solution there, and then they went all the way across till they got to the end of the island where they met the deputy there and led him to the Lord. That's a hundred miles. So I guess they walked a hundred miles. But we don't have a clue sometimes of the, you know, what all the weather was that they went through, the hardships that they went through. But whatever it went through, there must have been something that caused young John Mark. I'm going back home. Now, Paul didn't like that. Paul didn't like it a bit. So he says in verse 37, And Barnabas determined, determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. In other words, he began, but he didn't finish. And I guess Paul had a good memory, and he doesn't have too much patience. Now Barnabas, as his name means, like exhortation, an exhorter, a comforter, one that can come alongside. Remember, he's the one that helped the apostle Paul. And now he wants to help a younger man. So there are individuals that can take people under their wing and they're always willing to help and they're more patient. Not everybody's like that. The Apostle Paul was a driven man. And he didn't have, it seemed like, a lot of patience with people. Now he taught it. But whether he applied it or not, don't know. But as I read what the Apostle Paul did with his life, he was evidently a very headstrong man. Even when the Holy Spirit told him not to do something, if he wanted to do it, he'd do it anyway. Got him in a little trouble. Lost his head. Really. So the Apostle Paul was now beginning 
his ministry. And you're talking about years that has passed now. And now, lo and behold, he wants to go again. And so Barnabas, let's go. He says, I, I want to take John Mark with me. And he says, in verse 38, thought that not a good idea. In verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them, and they departed asunder, one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. So Barnabas went to Cyprus, but that's where he lived. That was his hometown. Uh, John Mark, well, that was his nephew. So there was this connection there, and that's hometown, and you never hear any more about Barnabas after this. Not another word. Do you ever hear any more about the Apostle Paul? And all the epistles that were written. But you don't hear any more about him. You see, there come times God can still use individuals. So they went back, and they went their way, and it says in verse 40, Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. So he had a ministry, and he did what God wanted him to do. But he had to take a stand at one time. Now, when you read the Gospel of Mark, written by John Mark, isn't it amazing that somewhere along the line, Barnabas must have been a big help to that young man in the Lord. And even though he had failed at one time, for whatever the reason was, and went back, Paul didn't want to give him that second chance. Barnabas would give him a second chance. And it's two, two great men. They just didn't see eye to eye on things. There's times in your life, you're going to hear great men. It might be on radio or television or whatever. But not all great men believe the same thing about everything in every area. And so sometimes it causes division, contention. These men were not perfect. They were men. Study the Old Testament. Do you ever find any of these men in the Old Testament doing something wrong? There's a couple that you don't find anything against their testimony. You know, maybe like Joseph or Daniel. But they're rare. But here... It became so sharp. To take your Bible, look in 2 Timothy in chapter 4. 2 Timothy in chapter 4. It's good for you to know this, that it's in the Bible. Because I, I try to do everything I can to get people to serve the Lord. And sometimes I'm not as patient as I ought to be. Sometimes I'm so headstrong that I just want, and I, and I ride over people. I, I don't mean to. I, I don't mean to be unkind to anybody. But I know, me being the way that I am, that I'm, I'm hard on people sometimes. And I'm, I'm not as, as forgiven as I ought to be. Because I'm, I'm, I'm goal-oriented. Now, there's other people that are people-oriented. They're always concerned about the people and how they think and feel. And there's others who think about the job, the, the ministry, the purpose. And they're driven with that. And so, there has to be a balance. So, some people can learn some things from me and... I can learn some things from somebody else. And that's why we need each other. But we have to be patient with each other. But I want you to see this in chapter 4. Look down in verse 11. As the Apostle Paul is talking about toward the end of his life, he says there in verse 10, For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, 
and is departed unto Thessalonica and Crescens in Galatia, uh, uh, Titus uh, unto Dalmatia. And verse 11, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is, and you ought to underline that word, he is profitable to me for the ministry. Years have passed, and whatever has happened, has happened, and I think it's wonderful that these two guys are working together again. Because God has no doubt worked to work in Paul's life and Barnabas and maybe even in John Mark. And he was able to write one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark. And isn't it interesting that of the four gospels where you have Jesus Christ pictured as the king in the book of Matthew. But not only was he a king and a lion from the tribe of Judah, he was also pictured as the servant in the book of Mark. And as you read the gospel of Mark, almost every word starts with the word and, and, and. It's about faithfulness. It's about steadiness. It's about a continuation immediately, always striving. It's a servant. And he's the one that gets to write that. After he was a quitter, after he went back, caused problems between two great men, contention, but time passes and it heals a lot of things. People learn lessons. You see, you probably have learned a lot of lessons in your life, haven't you? Were you always as strong and wonderful as you are now? Wasn't there a time in your life when you probably said and did things you shouldn't have done? Didn't you ever cause trouble with anybody? Be patient with people who are now where you once were. Because there are no perfect people. The reason God doesn't use any perfect people is because there aren't any. So can God use you? Well, of course he can use you. You say, you don't know, I've failed before. So what? God is a God of second chance and third chance. When, when Jonah ran from the Lord, you remember that? Did God give him a second chance? Oh, but when God got through with him, he wanted another chance. When you get down in the mouth of Shanka Jonah, he came out all right. So go back now to the book of Acts in chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Now here in chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, Now there were in the church, that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. Now there was two Antiochs. There's one here in Syria. There's another one up there in a place called like in Galatia, in a place we call Pamphylia. And uh, that's where like uh, when Paul went there and went to Antioch and Lystra, uh, Derby, and so forth. Those are other places in Galatia that Paul had gone to. So here he says, uh, was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene. Now, we never hear anything about these guys. Uh, we don't know any more about them. There's nothing else revealed, even in history, about these, some of these guys. But the word there, uh, Menon, uh, that's also from a, a Hebrew word and referring to a king, which have been uh, brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. So he was a, um, what they believe, a foster brother of Herod. And so he was to be serving the Lord, and he was brought up with him. But he says here, 
and Saul. Now, Saul's name is going to be changed. And if you'll look up there in verse 9, then Saul, one is a Hebrew, one is a Roman, he said, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. So this is where we have his name changed, because now he's going to the Gentiles. So the name was changed to Paul. But we'll go back down there to the um, uh, verse 2 where he makes the statement. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. You and I are supposed to believe that after we trust Christ as our Savior, that God has called us to do a work. And so the joy of serving God is knowing that I'm doing the work God has called me to do. Uh, hold your place right here, but there's a, a verse that I want you to see, because I believe it's important. Two verses, really. But hold your place here and look in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, where he says about, separate them unto me for the work that I have called them to do. See, what God is looking for is people who can separate themselves from so many other things in the world that you can do. You can do a lot of things in the world. You may have a lot of talent and ability, but God may want you to separate yourself from those things and do this one thing that I want you to do. But that's between you and the Lord. All I want is for you to do the will of God for your life. I want you to do whatever it is that you believe God wants you to do with your life. Not me. I am not God. I am not the Holy Spirit. But I want you to obey Him. I want you to listen to Him. And I try not to give too many people too much advice because somebody's liable to take it and it be wrong. I would rather you take your advice from what the book says and you become convinced. But look what he says there in uh, the book of Romans in chapter 1. Paul, a servant. That's a, the Greek word doulos. It means a bond slave, a love slave of Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle. And here's that word, separated unto the gospel of God. In other words, to set yourself apart from every other reason or cause in the whole world and say, I am fixed upon this. This is my cause. I want you to be a gospel-driven man. This drives you. This motivates you. This is the purpose of your life. Now take your Bible and look over there in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and look in verse 1. All right? Look what it says in verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Now we know in the book of Romans... God done this for Paul and separated him for this purpose. Now, this is to the Christians, the Gentiles in Ephesus, and he's saying to them, I am a prisoner of the Lord. But he says, I beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation or the calling wherewith you are called. What is that work that God has for you? And that's what you're to do. And you're supposed to believe that my life has a purpose and God has a reason. He has a ministry for me. That's why I try to set up a ministry in such a way that gives everybody as much opportunities as much as possible. That's why we need more helpers. 
We need more helpers probably in Sunday school. We probably need some more in Awana. We could always use help. We could use a few more helping in the choir. But you don't want to make people do things because then they don't do it with the right attitude. I want you to do things because you believe this is what God wants me to do. Because that's more important. But this is so important. What God is doing in his life. This is the beginning of his ministry. And God had to do a work in this man's life. He didn't know everything all at front. He had to learn. It took years. And then they, did he have everybody always behind him? No. He, he had all kinds of problems. And then to have a problem with the one man that had helped him so much. But he disagreed with him. And they had some strong contentions. But be that as it may, we're moving right along. So you'll notice here, Paul had the what in Acts chapter 22. Because he knew what God wanted him to do. And he said, I'm going to let you see what great things you must suffer for my name. Now he's going to find out the where and the when. Where is he to go? When is he to do it? And you see, it says about the Holy Spirit sent him. But it also says that the church sent him. You see what he says there in uh, verse 3? When they had fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them and sent them away. Because it was appropriate for the church to put their stamp of approval upon these two young men as they go into the ministry. I have ordained people in the past. Not a lot because it says lay your hands suddenly upon no man. And that's not talking about hitting them. It's talking about approving people for the ministry. Some people can't handle the ministry. They can't take it. Some people can't even handle being a, well, it's a deacon or an elder or a, preacher or a missionary. You see, if, if I was the devil, I'd always go after the leaders. And the devil's going to work on you. See, he can let you alone. But, buddy, when you say, I'm, in, I'm, I'm getting into the arena, but that's when you're going to get beat up. That's when you're going to get your nose blooded. That's when you're going to get some cracked ribs. That's when you're going to hurt. People are going to say things. And but you'd be surprised the mental battle you'll go through because the devil doesn't read your mind, but he can inject thoughts into your mind, and he'll have you thinking everything in the world. And that's why you have to even guard your thoughts to discern whether they are they of God. Where, where am I getting all these thoughts from? Satan will cause you to have such great moments of oppression. He can't possess you, but he can really make an impression. And you become oppressed because of it. And then greatly depressed because of it. So he's always working. And some people can't handle the pressure. Because it is pressure. You have no idea. I do. But you wouldn't. Unless you've been a pastor. I know the pressure that Dr. Hank Lindstrom had to work and minister under. I know what it's like. We've done pretty much the same type of ministry for so many years. So we know what each other has gone through. And you'd be surprised. This is why sometimes preachers like to have a, a time to get together with other preachers because they cry on each other's shoulders because they know what everybody else is going through. And sometimes you'll hurt 
And some people think that the little comments they make, that it doesn't bother, like you don't have any feelings. I hurt. I bleed. But I had a, a birthday card from a missionary in Brazil, the Torres. And she says, one thing I remember that you said, you said, always serve the Lord as though you've never been hurt. Because you'll let your hurt stop you from serving the Lord. It'll keep you from loving other people. Because you can't afford to let the hurt turn into bitterness. Because it does, and it'll affect your attitude. As you read the book of Acts, you'll find out these are people just like you and me. And they needed somebody. Remember over in the book of Romans in chapter 10 where it talks about how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Sent. So that's what the church was doing. Sending them forth meant they were standing behind them and financially supporting them. This is why I have been so blessed in this ministry that we decided to take on a few missionaries to see whether or not would we have enough interest to support a couple missionaries. And I would hoping that we would have enough on a monthly basis that we could give them at least $50 a month. Well, this last year, we've got four missionaries, and we gave them over $208 a month for each one. And so... That's starting with zero, and the interest is there. And so there's people that are really blessed because we, we're sending them. They're representing our church in Trinidad, over in India, down in Brazil. I would love to have it when we have missionaries that come out of our church See, this is why the, the, the church did this for Paul and Barnabas. That's why they were missionaries. That's why they could go and start all those churches because somebody was paying for it. And there were times when he says, nobody gave us anything. And we had to make tents in order to pay our way. They did whatever it took. So serving the Lord is a battle. It's not a piece of cake. They had to go through so much hardship just to get the gospel to these other places. And we see ourselves sometimes doing the same thing. But just look where they went and how they went. You see there in verse 4, So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. See, the church listened to the Lord. The Lord is the one who calls. It's the church that will send. And so we are supposed to believe that God has called these individuals to go to these places, and we want to be used to be a help to them. That's why I'm so sold on missions, on missionary work. There wouldn't be a church here today if Hank Lindstrom didn't believe in missionary work and came over here to Tampa. There wouldn't have been that work in Colorado or the Dare to Share and so many other things going on if I did not do the work of a missionary and went to Colorado and started a Bible study with two kids, and then to see it grow. Because you see, that's what you're doing. You're getting the gospel out. Missionaries that aren't soul winners here won't be soul winners there. 3,000 miles won't make you a soul winner. That's why you only want to support soul winners. But he makes a statement here in verse 4. They departed unto Seleucia, and 
this was a seaport, and uh, it was the place called down in verse 5, Salomon. Uh, this was the capital of Cyrus. So they went to Cyprus, and it was an island. It was the hometown of Barnabas. And it says in verse 5, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John to their minister. So John Mark has gone with them. And they preached the gospel and they went to the synagogue. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.